0: Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You were genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode 25 of the interview chair, learning for and with others. Hey, listen, before we get started today, I am super jazzed to announce that uh, we have a new book release. Connect Ed Publishing has released Happy Eyes, Becoming All Things to All People. Uh, this book is written by Ryan Tillman, who's a police officer in California, and I am so proud of this young man because he will make you think hard about how you and we treat other people and the impact that we are leaving on the lives of others. Super excited also to share that Dak Prescott, yep, Dak Prescott wrote the forward, and it's even being endorsed by Mac- Michael Strahan, Hall of Fame football player, so... I hope you'll check it out by going to connected.org. It's already the number one new release on Amazon, and we are super jazzed. I'm just super proud of Ryan. Once again, happy eyes becoming all things to all people. Hey, listen, I was thinking about the interview chair and about we're in July now, and I want to do something a little different, so I'm going to try a little experiment today. And I thought what I would do is I would almost do like a three-part series over the next three weeks after today as we go through the month of July and warm up for the start of the school year. So I want to really focus on learning. And the idea I had was that I would talk about what it means to learn about our staff and colleagues, what it means to learn for our staff and colleagues, and what it means to learn from our staff and colleagues. So over the next three weeks, I'm going to be focusing an episode on learning about, then learning for, and then learning from. And so today I want to do just an introduction, a short introduction, on what it means to learn for and with others. So I hope you enjoy this little experiment. We'll check it out, see what it's like, and I hope you'll give it a listen. Okay? Thank you so much. So here's the thing. I'll admit it. I have an issue with the term expert. I mean, after all, are any of us really experts? I don't know. Maybe, just maybe, I'm overthinking it a little bit, or maybe not. After all, we are not just in the teaching business, but the teaching and learning business. I mean, we're asking students every day to learn, so we're going to be somewhat hypocritical if we don't see ourselves as learners too, right? And yet, I feel we sometimes forget that. Yes, many of us went into the education profession because we wanted to make a difference, because we thought we had something, maybe some sort of knowledge that we could actually impart on others, maybe our students or our colleagues, or maybe because we thought we were good at it. Or maybe we, you were like me, right? And you decided to become a teacher for a multitude of those and other reasons. But the common denominator for many of us is that we became teachers because we wanted to teach. And therein lies the challenge for educators everywhere. The true value in teaching actually lies in learning. See, for those of you who don't know, I grew up in a predominantly Spanish-speaking household. And like many second-generation families, anytime time my parents spoke to us, myself and my two brothers, they would sprinkle in some English. But Spanish was still primarily the language they spoke in and the language in which they felt the most comfortable communicating with us, both at home and in public. Growing up, I know my brothers and I didn't appreciate or even comprehend the importance and the advantages of knowing and being able to speak a second language, especially Spanish. And that was evident by merely listening to the conversations that transpired between our parents and us. A typical conversation might sound like this. A quiero van a regresar, mijo. What time will you be home? My mom would ask. We will be home by 11, mom. And then my mom would respond something like, Pues ten cuidado, mijo. No tengan confianza en nadie. Hay muchos locos allá. Be careful, son. Don't trust anyone. There are a lot of crazy people out there. We will, mom. We'll be fine. Don't worry. And just like that, a mislearning opportunity. I mean, why respond in English and not Spanish? Honestly, we did so for many reasons. We felt we could already speak Spanish, so we didn't need to practice. Other times, we were surrounded by friends and just felt we should respond in English so our friends wouldn't think we were talking about them or we didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Sometimes it was simply because I was scared. I was scared I would maybe say the wrong thing or not know how to say something in Spanish. And I didn't want to mess up. And finally, it was because I didn't see the value in learning how to speak it. After all, I understood every word. So why bother? I mean, my parents never stopped trying to impress upon us the importance of not forgetting our language as we grew older. Sometimes I could tell they were disappointed in us. As embarrassed as we were about speaking Spanish in front of our friends, they were just as embarrassed when we responded in English in front of their Spanish-speaking friends. Still, I wasn't worried. I knew I could speak it well enough, and that was good enough for me. It was in college that I first began to see my deficiencies. After some trials and tribulations, I won't go into that story today, but let's just say three-time college dropout, yeah, not good. But eventually, after taking a year off and figuring out my life in some sort of way, I guess, I decided to return back to the University of Iowa, my beloved university and major in Spanish. It didn't take long for me to figure out that I didn't have a clue as to what I was reading since my vocabulary was clearly limited. And when my professors spoke, I sometimes struggled to comprehend every word. And although I could pick up most of what they were saying, obviously, the gaps in my knowledge were exposed. Where I struggled the most and felt the most vulnerable, however, was in my speaking. For the first time in my life, I realized my parents had been right all along. I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. Honestly, I was losing my language. The struggles that followed for the next few years were all worth it. And after reinvesting in my coursework and committing to relearn my first language, I graduated from college and traveled to Puebla, Mexico, where I'd been offered an opportunity to teach English in a preparatory school. However, my mindset had shifted now. I wasn't going to Mexico only to be a teacher. I was going to learn. And I wanted to learn as much as I could about not only the Spanish language, but also about the culture and the customs that I had grown up not appreciating as much as I should have. To say this was a life-changing experience would be a gross understatement. This experience changed my approach both as a classroom teacher and as a principal. And it led me on a course to no longer think of myself as a teacher, but as a teacher, a learner, and a leader. Today, I'm no longer, you guys know this, no longer in a school building. But after having served over 30 years in education to this day, and 22 of those as a building principal, I still consider myself a teacher. But more importantly, I see myself as a learner who is striving to get better every day. I'm listening more, observing more, reading more, and focusing on evolving more as a leader sharing my thoughts and doing my best to inspire others to live their excellence every day. At least that's what I'm trying to do. And after all, I no longer ask others to do what I'm not willing to do myself. Stopped doing that a long time ago. Hence core principle number two of culturize, right? Expect excellence. Don't ask others to do what we're not willing to do ourselves and we know that what we model is what we get. It always seems for me to go back to that component, that core principle number two of modeling. I focus on leading by example and by striving to model positive behaviors in order to influence others to do the same. And in doing so, I often reflect on my experiences, not only as an educator, but also as a husband, a father, a son, a friend, a student, a mentor. I reflect on the impact that I hope to make and the legacy I hope to leave behind. And in doing so, I have learned that the greatest opportunity lies in learning as much as possible from others in order to honor them and to give back to this wonderful profession we call teaching and learning. So, I've been reflecting lately on our role as both teachers and school leaders and the value of not only learning from our students, but also equally as important learning from our colleagues and the long-term benefit this could have on student achievement, instructional practices, staff morale. And of course, school climate and culture as a whole. Imagine, if you will, staff members who were invested in learning with one another, learning about their colleagues, for their colleagues, and from their colleagues. And that's what I want to focus on the next three episodes. Those three topics. It has often been shared that every student has a story, but truth be told, So does every adult with whom we work. And are we taking the time to listen to those stories? If we believe that relationships are the foundational core of every successful organization, that wouldn't it behoove us to quit talking about the importance of relationships and begin to invest in every staff member in our school communities so that we can learn more about the talents, strengths, and skills that each individual brings to the organization so that we can explore and share in our learning together. We may have gone into this profession to be a teacher, but over the course of the next three episodes, I hope to challenge you to think of yourself not only as a teacher, but as a learner as well. Next week, I'll come back with what it means to learn about our staff and colleagues, Then I'll follow that up with learning for our staff and colleagues and wrap it up with learning from our staff and colleagues. My friends, I want to take time to just thank you for the commitment that all of you continue to make and the investment that you make in my podcast, The Interview Chair. It is humbling and over the course of this last month, the episodes have continuously just blown up with thousands and thousands of downloads coming through. And I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for sharing. I want to thank you for carrying my banner. And I hope that this July, as you continue to reflect on your own teachings and more importantly, your own learning is that you realize that you, my friends can change the trajectory of the life of not only kids, but of our colleagues, our campuses, and most importantly, our entire communities. Thank you so much for what you do, and I mean that sincerely, and I want to just acknowledge that. My friends, it is time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope you will join me each week as I take you back to the interview chair, because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you sure to check out my website at jimmycasas.com backslash the interview chair for links resources and show notes you can follow me on instagram and twitter at casas underscore jimmy if you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair subscribe to spotify apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast to ensure you never miss an episode